Hello, club members. I'm Pazuzu, and that's Emma. <laughs> you don't know who Pazuzu is? That is not kosher. That is the demon from Exorcist. That's right. That's right. That, that, you know, that goes straight into what our topic for today is. So great. <laughs> okay, Kate. I, I, Kate has not told me what we're doing today, but I am going to use my critical thinking brain. <laughs> Through context clues. We're doing... I'm going to say we're doing something regarding the exercise. I, yeah, yeah. We're talking about exorcism today. Yeah. So this is a club mini episode. We're not covering a movie. We loosen the rules and we talk about whatever we want. And Em and I kind of take turns on who's driving the train. And I'm driving this train down exorcist road. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have a phone call. I must And I'm mixing the metaphors today. And... I am going to be talking about exorcism because we did have some people who, some club members who wanted to um, hear more about exorcisms because our club members are strange. And that's what I like you, what I like about you guys. I know a lot about exorcism because of the research that I did for our first episode, which was the exorcist. And um, so that stuff, I, I know a lot of it. And I do want to do an episode where we talk about like real life exorcisms, like in modern day, like typical Catholic exorcisms. Are those still going on? They are still going on. And I'm going to talk about the state of exorcisms today too. But my focus of today and what I went on an absolute internet rampage about last night for two hours is where exorcisms come from and like the true origin of exorcisms. Because it's... From God. It's way... (laughs) And that's my mini episode, you guys. Thank you for coming. Bless up. Bless up. No, it's like like way before Catholicism was a thing. So I guess I should start with what an exorcism is. So an exorcism is the practice of evicting a spirit or a demon from a being, object, or place that is believed to be possessed. And that's typically done in a ritualistic fashion involving oaths and uh, and higher powers. So it doesn't have to just be a person. Um, People definitely can be exorcised, but as the conjuring has taught us, Lots of things can be possessed. So demon dolls, um, whole ass houses. I feel like my cat sh- should probably be exercised. Then. A lot of cats need to be exercised, <laughs> um, especially yours because he's fat. But get it? Exercise. You've offended him on so many levels. He is a fat cat. <laughs> he's not fat. He's, he's big boned. I swear. He's, he's I stand so by fat. that. He's very he's athletic. Such a chunky cat. Athletic. Okay. But I guess first I want to start with what people know about exorcism. So I want to start with the movie. Exorcisms first entered pop culture in 1973 when the film The Exorcist was released, which was based on the book of the same name by William Peter Blatty. I'm not going to go into detail on that movie or the true events it was based on here, but definitely go check out our episode on The Exorcist if you are so inclined. Most people drew their understanding or misunderstanding of exorcisms from that movie. It became like... I don't want to say the Bible of exorcisms because I think that's just the Bible. <laughs> Something's problematic in that statement. It, it was, you know, it, it laid the, the, the foundation for modern understanding of exorcisms in pop culture. So at least currently in pop culture, exorcisms are classically associated with the Catholic Church. In the Vatican, I looked this up, they, they still not only do they still offer courses on exorcism, they've even opened them up to members of other Christian denominations as uh, recent as 2019. Ooh, like, like who else has gotten in on this? 
Do Mormons exercise people now? You could if you wanted to. Any of us could. Wow. I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, you might need to be a priest. Say <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, I gotta just show up there and be like... Any of us could. You just have to go to seminary, <laughs> become a priest. Any Really, anyone can do it. But you don't have to be just be Catholic to do it. And you didn't just have to be Catholic to do it back in the day, because we're going to go way back. I'm talking BC. I'm talking ancient Mesopotamia, because exorcism has been part of virtually every religion in recorded history. They were performing exorcisms in ancient Mesopotamia, like Babylonian priests and they had voodoo-like rituals that they would use, and they had magical concoctions made of these shrubs and animal hair and, like, meteoric iron, and they had specific incantations. And only by reciting, precisely reciting these incantations, could you successfully perform an exorcism. So can I ask a question? You may. So what warranted an exorcism? in ancient Mesopotamia. Is it the same things today? Like, yeah, it's they, the same stuff. Like kids' heads going in circles and peeing on the floor and stuff like that? You mean like the movie? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit different. So for like them... What, like levitating on beds? No, it was more like crops. Um, so like... Crops? That's so lame. It was... It, a lot of it was crop related, <laughs> which isn't as sexy... No, it's really not. Can you imagine if the exorcist was all based off of like <laughs> their wheat harvest crop outcomes? Yeah. Well, no. So they had, you know, a lot of it was about, you know, staying alive. And for a lot of that, that was agriculture. But they did have, they did believe in spirits possessing people as well for all sorts of reasons. And I'm sure it's the same as it was back before we had strong medical understanding. Did they believe that the crops were possessed? No. <laughs> No, they did not. They did believe that a, a demon or a spirit was responsible for it, and that spirit's name was Pazuzu. And I'm really? going to get to Pazuzu. Yeah, yeah, really. I'm going to get to Pazuzu, but we're not there. Stop trying to jump ahead. Stop Before trying to cheat. we started recording, Kate told me she was naming her firstborn child Pazuzu. I that just is thought not I would. What I just, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I said. I said I'm changing my name to Pazuzu. <laughs> not what she said but sure guys to be clear it wasn't as simple as bad demons and like good spirits it wasn't they didn't have that sort of like heaven and hell dichotomy that like judeo-christian religions have today and the priests were different so they were very different than what you're imagining with a catholic priest they were more than that they were considered doctors they were considered sorcerers and the rituals that they performed were viewed as truly like a kind of magic that sounds like far too much power it was revered as a supernatural power and only these priests had it so to speak and only the priests could call on and channel the power of a particular deity to perform these exorcisms. So Joe Schmo down the road couldn't do it. It had to be someone that was like chosen by God or a God. So this actually reminds me a lot of, I know I, I've been talking about like my trip to Belize and how like we went and looked at uh, sacrificial ceremonial caves and stuff like that. But it's interesting that um, it's so common in different cultures to have an individual in society that's perceived as like a reincarnation of God or a son of God or some godlike figure who has the power to do reincarnations or to like fix the crops or do stuff like that. And this is a, a little bit different. They weren't seen as like the son of God or 
anything like that. And there wasn't like a God. There were between 300 and 1,000 different gods, and it varied widely by region. Um, and they were, the priests were considered like a vessel, like they would become in that moment a vessel of a specific God. Or sometimes it would be gods in general. Uh, some specific ones that I saw popping up a lot were Ea, who is the god of ritual purification or ritualistic cleansing, often called the water god, and then Jebel and Nusku, who are fire gods. But there were tons and tons of different gods that they would choose. And then sometimes they would just invoke, you know, say like by the power of the earth or... When they were feeling a little bit lazy. <laughs> When they weren't in the favor of their usual gods. You know, by the power of that tree. By the power of you over there. (laughs) It's also important to note, I thought this was some really cool history, that English word demon, which is commonly understood to mean an evil spirit, is derived from the Greek word daemon, which meant it just meant spirit. So it wasn't so black and white. It wasn't heaven and hell. And in earliest history, demons or daemons weren't necessarily evil, but they certainly could be. Well, that's kind of like the His Dark Materials, how they had daemons, which were, you know, representative of the spirit of the um, of the person or the child. And it wasn't necessarily a, this negative connotation of a demon the way we, we I think, interpret it in modern times. I'm referring to, like, the Philip Pullman Golden Compass series. Yeah, like, sure, kind of. Like, they use the same word. But I just mean like it's a mean spirit. You know he derived it from that. Right. But those were like, they shared a soul. They were like the same soul as the person who they were the daemon for. But they weren't like an ethereal spirit. Mm, Tomato, tomato. No, like these were gods. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Very different. But yeah, so there there wasn't quite as black and white. But there definitely were some not good spirits. For example, Pazuzu. So Pazuzu was regarded as the king of the demons of the wind. And he was the demon who brought storms and drought and locusts. And there, he, he was built very differently. So Pazuzu had the body of a man, uh, the head of either a lion or a dog, the talons and the wings of an eagle, the tail of a scorpion, and the penis of a serpent. I don't even know what that would look like. You can Google it. It doesn't look like anything. And he typically has his right hand his right hand up and his left hand down. So Pazuzu was not a good spirit by any means, but he was still useful to people because he was believed to be able to scare off other evil spirits because he was kind of like higher up in the mm, in the ranking. That is so interesting. Other evil spirits who brought different plagues or terrors, he could scare them off so they could invoke him. And there was, he, like, Pazuzu has a nemesis, and that's the goddess Lamashtu. And so she was the goddess of killing women during childbirth. That is not cool. To kill women during childbirth? Yeah, it seems like such a specific. Hot very, take, Emma. It seems like such a specific, harsh god. Well, I mean, Pazuzu is literally bringing any storm, drought, or locust. That's pretty or broad. Or bad wind. Yeah. I don't quite know, like, if it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of situation where they're like, oh, great. Like, we delivered that now baby Pazuzu's successfully. Here. <laughs> now Pazuzu's here. Pazuzu is here. To like, save the day. It doesn't go through, like, the repercussions of that. So I just assume all is well that ends well. And uh, yeah, just like Emma reference, Pazuzu is the demon from a certain movie based on a certain novel from the 70s, which is The Exorcist. Pazuzu is who possesses Reagan. 
So are there any... How do we know this? If it was happening such a long time ago, how is it that we know all of these different information about all these different gods? Because it's very, very recorded. It's, it's, they, we have entire like stone carvings and like written rules of these gods and who's responsible for what and um, the, the magic formulas. Like there are actual formulas that they would use for like potions essentially and different incantations that they would use to evoke different things. And it's all very, very heavily recorded. How do you find resolution with these sort of situations? So if something's not going your way and then you perform that and then just hope like it starts going your way. I don't know. I guess I I, I wonder how they built up confidence in this as a viable approach to like addressing your issues. I think a lot of them were dead by like 30. So I don't think they had time to really I guess that's very true. It's not like they Mm -hmm. were living to be 70 or 90. I haven't gotten to talk about my favorite part of this so far, which is the ancient Babylonian witches. Oh, some witches. We got witches. So witches are very different than the priests. So the witches were humans who could harness the power of demons to torment other humans. So just your... That's a witch. That's what we think of witches today. How did they become witches? Because you said that the the um, priests were vessels or whatever were the chosen ones. So how does how do humans become witches? Well, priests were humans <laughs> who who would just like in a moment become a vessel. But for I thought a you god. said they were chosen to like they were chosen by the people. Witches, I don't think, were chosen by the people. Witches were just people that wanted to fuck shit up. Witches were just chaotic, neutral to chaotic evil. (laughs) Yeah. So when you put it like that. Yeah, they would just target people and they would use demons to do so. So the witch is the intermediary for the demon. So witches, witches themselves can also be the target of exorcism. So a priest can exorcise a witch who is serving as an intermediary for the demon. Okay. So it's kind of like severing the connection. Yeah, exactly. And there's a couple of different things and beliefs that they had. One very popular belief is the one of the evil eye. And this one is really straightforward. So it's the belief that a witch could physically or spiritually harm another person slash animal slash object by literally looking at them funny. And this is a really (laughs) common belief that they could use the evil eye and they could curse you or hex you or what have you. If that's the case, I think I've met a number of witches in my day. I don't know if resting bitch face counts as the evil eye. <laughs> I don't know. Some people have looked at me like they want to do something. Well, maybe they did. You never know who's an intermediary for Pazuzu. <laughs> that's and that's the also- takeaway, folks. <laughs> it's the da- Be nice to strangers. You just don't know who's going to invoke Pazuzu. They had magic formulas also, so these witches would literally have potions, which is really cool. And they had incantations albeit evil incantations and they had a very specific type of ritualistic magic and so this is a type of magic that is often referred to as sympathetic magic that's kind of nice no maybe maybe continue (laughs) it's a ritual that uses a symbolic object or symbolic actions to achieve influence over a person and it's based on imitation or correspondence. So voodoo dolls are a really good example Ooh. of sympathetic magic. Or let's say if someone wanted like to make you blind, they might take two coins and like curse them in the name of your eyes and like throw them into a canyon or something like that and just hope <laughs> that you get blind from it. 
a lot of effigies. That's interesting because I never really connected exorcisms and things like that with voodoo. I, I like I, I I imagine those in two very different time frames, but I guess they all kind of date way, way, way back. Yeah, it's all ritualistic. It's all ritualistic spiritualism, and it's all heavily connected and heavily influenced by each other. You can see just talking about this like Babylonian magic, this Babylonian exorcism, how that is become the foundation for so many different religions and how they approach the idea of spirits and the idea of sympathetic magic is everywhere. Um, oh, I do have some really cool um, examples that I got from um, actual like Babylonian scripts. So for example, a witch, if a witch wanted to strangle someone or sealing their mouth was a popular one. And like to answer, pocus. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a witch and she sealed someone's mouth. You know what? I like I said, the influence is everywhere. <laughs> but one thing they would do is they would tie knots in a rope while repeating a very specific incantation and then just kind of <laughs> assume that their mouth got sealed or assume that they I were strangled. I was wondering why Kate was muttering and playing with the rope before we started. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Or if they wanted to kill someone, they would make like an effigy or, you know, some sort of recreation of the person and then burn it typically in the name of of a spirit or a demon and then to counteract that the priests would do their own symbolic actions their own sympathetic magic in alliance with a more powerful supernatural spirit so they might loosen knots on a rope or one thing that they would do is they would peel peel the skin off an onion to symbolize release from a witch's power Hmm. So this just seems like a really <laughs> dramatic, like, Pokemon game. Like, oh, I it got does. this god. It does. It totally does. <laughs> you got that one, which just well, makes look, me wonder why. look, I just peeled this onion, so booyah. I don't understand why you wouldn't just start with the strongest god. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. But like, then again, what? it's so regional. So, like, whoever whoever you think the strongest god is, you might be using the strongest god in your mind. And then there they're doing the same thing. That. It seems like everyone just was very pleased with themselves. It's like, yeah, well, it seems like people I were really bored is, is what I'm surmising from this. They didn't have television. They had effigies. <laughs> but that's like how exorcism became a thing. And it's not that different now. Like we still do incantations. We still have specific formulas. Um, I don't think people do the evil eye very much, but... You know, actually, but don't always a lot of people use the evil eye like for jewelry? What? Yeah, like I know um, a lot of people, a lot of times when you're looking at different websites at jewelry, they'll have these little kind of simple eyes that are called evil eyes that are on necklaces or bracelets or rings or earrings and things like that. And it's, um, it looks kind of lemony snicket-ish. And the idea behind it, if I understand correctly, is to like ward away evil spirits. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, it's like people use it. I mean, I, I assume that most people who wear them aren't aren't actually taking it very seriously. But I think there is a supernatural, like, spoopy vibe to it. Like it's a, like it's a talisman. Like it's not yeah, just Yeah, exactly. Like a modern oh. day talisman. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this is, all of this is still kind of a thing and it's still part of everyone's culture. So It's really insane that that has lasted through so much time. And that it's still being like you can go take a course and become a priest or whatever. And I mean, I don't sound very educated about this particular. Topic, I don't think but, it's quite that easy. <laughs> but just the fact that you can go be trained to exercise people 
in modern day. And this is something that that originates from like ancient Mesopotamia. We're just in and, and that's just the one tract into Catholicism. We've talked like very briefly about like voodoo, but like there's all sorts of religions. Most, if not all religions have been touched by this philosophy in some way. So it was just really cool to see kind of where the roots of this started. Yeah. That makes me actually against my better judgment, want to go like look up some like modern exorcisms. Oh, those are really depressing. Yeah. Maybe go I for it. If you maybe want I to. Shouldn't. I've been having such a good day. Let's not ruin it now. Let's not ruin it. But <laughs> Yeah, that's all I have for today. I just thought that was really cool. So before we go, why don't we uh, talk about what we're going to cover next week? Sure. What are we What are we covering next week? Uh, these are taken from listener suggestions, and we'll put them to a vote with the Patreon again. Um, if even if you're not um, supporting us through Patreon, we would love your insight and any recommendations you may have for movies or mini episode topics or anything like that. That being said, the options for this next set is going to be the 1980 Changeling, which has been okay. recommended at various times. Um, the other option is going to be the Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake. And okay. then the last one is going to be a bit of a different tone. It'll be the Sixth Sense. Yeah, that is a different tone. Yeah, okay. so let's see what, what, mood, what mood the listeners are in. Okay, cool. Well... I guess that concludes this mini episode and we will see you guys next time. Stay spoopy.